Welcome to the Valley View Friends Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and if you want to learn more about our church, look us up on Facebook or our website at valleyviewfriendschurch.org. Our sermon podcast is available most places that you can find podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and iHeartRadio. Subscribe to always get the next podcast. Well, it is Saturday night as I'm recording this, and I'm just going to say it, it's a beautiful spring rain happening outside, tapping against the windows. So if you hear some background noise, that's what it is, and I think that's pleasant to have with us. And there's not much I can do about the rain, so we'll just have to live with it, that beautiful sound of spring rain that we need so much. Well, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the importance of being resilient Christians, and what it is that makes a Christian resilient. We all want better lives, and resilience helps us through the difficult times towards better days. This is doubly so for the Christian as we look forward to the best days that are to be found in the promise of heaven. Well, I've got a story here, an interesting one, one I have confirmed is true because I almost didn't believe it when I first saw it. I know we have a few young aspiring drivers in our congregation. Hopefully you will have an easier time than this person. It's a story of a person who goes by the name Grandmother Cha Sasun, who lived in a remote mountain village in South Korea. She always wanted to learn to drive, but didn't get to try to get a license until she was in her 60s. She failed the written part of the driving test. Not once, not twice, not even ten times, but she failed the written test 949 times. Having never driven, and a lot of test terminology was new to her, and, well, reading was an issue, but she persisted. She was resilient. Finally, on her 950th try, she got a passing grade. On the actual road test... She failed four times before getting passing marks, so that's a little better. She spent four years taking the test and spent $4,200 on application fees and forms, and that's the American equivalent, American $4,200. After failing the test the 775th time, she announced to the room that she was undaunted and she would continue. She wanted to drive to be able to transport and sell vegetables around the area. By this time, all of Korea knew about her persistence. And when she finally passed on that 950th try, her triumph was celebrated, and she became a national hero. She was even given a car, a Kia Soul, and appeared in one of their commercials. All because she wouldn't give up. Wow. I'm not even sure what to make of that story, but what a depiction of persistence and resilience. And resilience is what I want to draw your attention to today. Resilience is a topic we do not address much directly, but it is critical to each person, especially to the Christian. What is the difference between the person who can juggle family, home, school, work, and relationships without succumbing to the pressure, and the person in similar circumstances who's ready to blow up or fall apart? What's the difference? Well, there's a lot of differences, but resiliency is a major factor. So we should ask ourselves the question, what is resilience? Here's a few quotes to start us thinking about this idea of resilience. There's an anonymous quote that says, Tough times never last, but tough people do. Another anonymous quote, and I really like this one. 
Scars remind us where we've been. They don't have to dictate where we're going. Then there's a Japanese proverb, fall down seven times, stand up eight. And perhaps that Japanese proverb finds its beginning from Proverbs 24.16, where it says this, Though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. Resilience is our ability to bounce back from the stresses of life, the ability to bounce back when things don't go as we planned. The resiliency is the ability to self-soothe during difficult times, and resilient people do not dwell on failures. They acknowledge a situation, they learn from their mistakes, and they move on. Those lacking in resilience often have a why-me attitude. It's a perpetual attitude, and they tend to focus on their losses, and they feel victimized, they find excuses, and they become overwhelmed. Here's a great little quote about the skill of resilience and what it produces in your life. Many of life's annoyances just have to be ignored. That doesn't mean that we suppress, ignore, or deny every pain. Serious pain has to be confronted. But one mark of resilience is learning to tell which pain deserves our attention. Paying attention to every pain all the time doesn't lead to resilience. It usually leads to whining. I think that's pretty interesting. Learning which pains deserve our attention and which ones can be overlooked is a great skill. A person with low resilience will be bothered by almost all trivial things. And I suspect that's why when we're at the end of a rope, it's usually something small that causes us to snap at others. And and parents, I would encourage you, if you can in any way help your children to see which things, which pains deserve their attention and which pains are not a big deal, it's a great skill for your children to develop. Resilience is the ability to continue on with life in a healthy and productive way no matter what is thrown at you. Every person is going to have moments when their resilience is tested. Every, everybody's going to have moments even possibly when their resilience fails. But we're going to be tested and our ability to cope is going to be stretched beyond our limit. The key is what do we do and how do we continue to build resiliency and grow our resiliency? There are things that are leaning on our resiliency in society, testing them, pushing them. You know, in the last 20 years, productivity has increased, and I think we've sacrificed a lot of thoughtfulness, a lot of accuracy for immediacy. I want it right now. And so I think that's something that tests our resiliency. We move so fast. I think right now, for a lot of us, our work and our lives, our daily life are out of balance. Work is, well, we all know work's been at home all for the last year, but it's been going on longer than that. It's hard to keep them separate. And school activities invade in on childhood play. And when all this happens, there's a lack of balance and it can lead to burnout. We need resiliency to help get us through. Certainly, this last year has been a year that has tested our resiliency. And I must admit, this is a sermon that is as much for me as the next person. I've had moments in the last several months where I've felt my resilience wane. And it's been my prayer lately that God would refresh and restore my resilience. And that in itself is a challenge. How often do we pray asking God for God's help to fix a situation or to heal someone? But do we pray to, for perseverance and resiliency? Do we pray, Lord, increase my ability to weather the storm? I think we usually would just like to say, Lord, get rid of the storm. Do we pray for resiliency for our brothers and sisters in Christ? Do we pray for resiliency 
for our children. God provides great resilience. And fortunately, the skill of resilience is something that we can learn and work on. But it's even more powerful when we develop it from the Christian perspective. Because that's the challenge. There's a way to look at resilience from a secular way, and there's a way to look at resilience from a sacred, a holy way, from God's perspective. There's no shortage of psychology papers and seminars on resiliency, much of which is very helpful. And they'll say a person who has resilience has competence and confidence, and they have a healthy community and a sense of control over their lives, and and those are good things. Resilience is described with many qualities, like uh, and qualities and foundations like having self-understanding and purpose and relationship support and self-care and the like. And this is where I know the Christian faith can provide the ultimate source of resiliency. When it comes to self-understanding, we can insert into there that we can know who we are in Christ and that each of us is made in the image of God. And, and through that understanding, we can have far more of a, a healthy picture of who each of us are because we are made by God's hand. They're special. When it comes to the area of relationship support, well, I say even though it's not perfect, no church is perfect, the church should be a lifeline for every believer. It should be a place that we go to for assistance and help and being built up and to be made resilient. I would say any church should check itself each time a person is harmed more than helped when they come to church. In the area of self-care, well, growing Christ-like is the ultimate sort of self-care. I think we all kind of put that on the back burner, but there's no way to be healthier in life than to grow more and more like Jesus. And the idea of purpose, psychologists write about it all the time, and they say, if you really want to be resilient, find meaning, find a purpose, find a way for you to understand that this world needs you. And my goodness, purpose is ultimately found in Christ. Knowing that you and I were made for a holy purpose, to have a relationship with God and to worship Him, that each of us has a purpose here on this earth that is necessary for God's kingdom. We are all called to have a role to play in God's kingdom. What a difference that makes and what purpose that gives us. So resiliency by itself is good, but resiliency built from the Christian faith is far better Resiliency is not new. It's all through the Bible. We can read it all over the place, and that's where I want to share it. We're going to read a lot of scripture text today, but I want to start with Psalm 13, the Psalm of David. And you can hear despair in his voice, and then you can hear resiliency coming through his faith in the Lord. So hear the words of David in Psalm 13. How long, Lord? How long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But... I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Psalm 13 describes a journey in the midst of despair. David is saying, I I will lay down and I will see death. I'll sleep in death. My enemies will say they're victorious. They've overcome me. But then he turns around 
And he says he will persevere, he will be resilient, and he will be so by trusting in the unfailing love of God. And he will do so by rejoicing in the midst of his suffering, by remembering that God has been good to him even in the midst of hardship. That psalm is a psalm of resiliency in the face of difficulty. David goes back to his foundation of God, and that foundation carries him through the challenge he faces. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9 talk about resiliency as well. The Apostle Paul writes and he says this about his ministry and really about all Christians. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Despite all that's being done, the pressing in, the 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 perplexing, the persecuting, the striking down. Beside all of that, Paul is able to say, in resilience, resilience just rings out and he says, I'm not crushed. I'm not in despair. I'm not abandoned. I'm not destroyed. Because when Jesus is your Lord, you have an invincible resilience. No matter what is taken away, Jesus cannot be overcome. Jesus cannot be taken away. And his promises cannot be taken away. Paul continues in 2 Corinthians 4, chapter 4, same chapter, in verses 16 and 17, he says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. From, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Paul's writing, and he's saying, you know, these things that are happening to my body, these hardships I'm facing as I go throughout ministry trying to share the gospel, they're nothing compared to the glory that I expect to receive in heaven, the, the, the joy of being united with Christ in heaven. The Bible calls us to be resilient Christians. So I want to take a few minutes here and try to answer the question with some qualities of what I think a resilient Christian looks like. So here are some traits of resilient Christians. First one is this. Resilient Christians give glory to God in and after the storm. That is to say, whatever hardship you're in, and I know we're all going to have moments where we're frustrated. We're all going to have moments that seem overwhelming. We're all going to have moments where giving God glory is not our first instinct. But the Christian always comes around. The resilient Christian always comes around and is able to say at some point, to God be the glory. In the book of Job, we read these words, Job chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. And Job said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. He glorified God instead of accused God. That was the thing. Job had lost everything. And yet he's willing to praise God. Give him glory instead of accuse him. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, we read these words. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will be joyful in God my Savior. <clears throat> Habakkuk is writing, saying, even though everything's going to fail, I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll give him glory. Will you practice praising God even when you might be tempted to blame him and accuse him? The second quality of a resilient Christian is this. A resilient Christian finds their strength 
from God and God alone. Now, we may have strength in us, we may have abilities in us, but when the rubber hits the road, when things get really tough, our strength truly comes from God. And so I want to read to you Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. A lot of people know verse 13, but I want to share verse 12 as well. Paul's writing, it says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. For I can do all this through him who gives me strength. That is the difference. That's the difference between being resilient and being weak in faith. Paul says, I have my strength from the Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Our strength, you know, we have all these abilities, all this we can do, but our strength ultimately must be coming from God. So while it's good to have our own strength and have our own competency, the Christian ultimately gets their strength from God. And it's far better to get strength from an inexhaustible source than from our own limitations. I, I know I can run out of strength pretty easily. And when I do, and I need to have more strength, I need to find that resilience. It's like drawing from an empty well. There's no water in the bottom. But God is a well that is inexhaustible. Is he your source of strength? A third quality is the resilient Christian gives thanks in all situations. It's a little different from giving glory. Giving glory is saying the Lord to be praised. He is the one who is worthy. But saying thank you is something a little different. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. You know what, I'll just say this. Pessimistic Christians and pessimistic people never get very far and they never grow very much. But the ones who are able to give thanks, they seem to go a long ways. A fourth quality is re resilient Christians see hardship as an opportunity to grow. Can you say that? Can you, can you truly say that when you face a hardship, when you face something that feels overwhelming, that you can say, Lord, okay, I don't like it, but I know somehow you're going to help me grow. There's a man who visited an orange grove where an irrigation pump had broken down, and the season was unusually dry, and some of the trees were beginning to die for lack of water. Now the man on the tour, uh, the man giving the tour, then took this gentleman uh, to his own orchard, where irrigation was used sparingly. He said, these trees that you're seeing right now in my orchard, they can go without rain for another two weeks. You see, when they were young, I frequently kept water from them. This hardship caused them to send their roots deeper into the soil in, in search of moisture. Now, mine are the deepest rooted trees in the area. While others are being scorched by the sun, these are finding moisture at a greater depth. Sometimes the hardships, the tests we face, not every hardship, not, I'm not going to say every hardship is good, but sometimes those hardships can cause us to have deeper and deeper roots that will help us flourish in life. They will help us become resilient in our faith. James 1, 
chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith pr- produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. We may not shout for joy when we face hardship, but we should at least begin to pray that in the middle of hardship, God would grow us. A fifth characteristic is resilient Christians keep their focus on Christ. Hebrews 12 verses 2 and 3 say this, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, so there's keeping our focus on Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Fix your eyes on Jesus so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Remember what he did so you can remember what you are called to be. Our resiliency is all the stronger when we keep our mind and our eyes on Jesus. Resilient Christians, this is number six, resilient Christians trust the Lord in all circumstances. Now, I don't just mean that we're blindly optimistic and we just say, hey, we can trust the Lord because it's all going to be good. And that we're blindly optimistic just wishing for better days. But rather, we are optimistic and thankful and trusting because we know the certainty of God's promises. And when we know the certainty of God's promises, we can live with a level of trust that can carry us through incredible hardships. Jim Collins, the author of Good to Great, interviewed Admiral Jim Stockdale, the highest-ranking officer in the Hanoi Hilton prisoner of war camp during the height of the Vietnam War. Regarding the prisoner of war camp, Collins asked Stockdale, who didn't make it out? Oh, that's easy, answered Stockdale, the optimists. The optimists? I don't understand, responded Collins. The optimists. Oh, they were the ones who said, we're going to be out by Christmas. And then Christmas would come and Christmas would go. And then they'd say, well, we'll be out by Easter. And Easter would come and Easter would go. And then Thanksgiving and then it would be Christmas again. And and they died of a broken heart. This is a very important lesson. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts about your current reality, whatever they may be. Now, I want to be careful here. He's not saying confusing just faith, like faith that a Christian would have, but he's saying faith in a sort of optimism that is not based on anything. He's talking about we really actually need to have faith and discipline to confront the facts that we face, and then we can trust in the hope that we are certain of. So instead of just a Christian saying, oh, I think God God wants to have better days for me. I think he does, but he hasn't promised better days. And you may be saying, well, if I pray, then God will get me out of this hardship real fast. Well, he may or may not. But the resilient Christian knows that God is with them, even in the moments that are hopeless, even beyond hopeless by every human measure. The Christian learns to trust God and trust his eternal promises, even when the temporary seems to be going wrong. Joshua 1.9 says this, 
Have I not commanded you? This is God speaking. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that's the promise that we really need to stand on. That God is with us wherever we go. When we find ourselves hoping for better days, we say, oh, well, we'll be out by we'll be out by Christmas or we'll be out by Easter. We'll be out by th-. whatever the hardship is that you're saying. It'll be over soon. And it's not. Instead of looking to be out, looking, look for God who is with you where you are at. Isaiah 41.10 says this, So do not fear, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Resiliency is needed today, especially for the Christian, and it comes best to the Christian. I think, you know, we can create a a secular resiliency, but Christian resiliency is infinitely better. So the questions are, will you give God glory no matter what? Will you get your strength from God instead of simply from yourself? Will you give thanks in all circumstances? Will you see trials as growing opportunities? Will you keep your eyes on Christ no matter what? And will you trust that God is with you? We need to be resilient Christians. Hopefully today, you've heard that call, and you might even dare to pray and ask that God would make you resilient for Him. Now next week, I want to look at what it means to have resilient Christianity. Because there's a difference. Today we examined what resiliency looks like in a Christian. Next week, I want us to begin to wrestle with how to grow resilient, bomb-proof Christianity. A faith that will not waver. And I want to look at three keys. That is, faith and hope being one of those keys. Accountability and obedience are three keys to having a bomb-proof faith. But today, the question is, are you resilient? And are you willing to let God build resiliency into you through faith in Christ? Jeremiah 29.11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Remember that whatever valley you find yourself in, or how tired you might feel, God has plans for you, if you will just let him in, if you'll just trust him, if you'll just say, Yes, Lord, there's room for you in my life. I will surrender. I'll let you do a new thing in me. Let us pray. Dear Lord, it's a dangerous prayer, but God, I pray that you would make us a more resilient people. Be our strength, our hope, and our joy. Lord, give us a vision of heaven that that we might persevere rightly here on earth. And let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is worthy of all glory and praise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with Jesus.